0: So welcome back, everyone. Endings and beginnings. We have some really bittersweet endings. Really bittersweet. But within those endings, there are also beginnings for those folk to look forward to, and for us, as we continue to follow hard after Jesus. And that's what we're going to be meditating on this evening. Endings and beginnings. Every day, all around us, things are ending and new things are beginning, and on different scales, small things and big things. So last year, some of you guys finished a grade, and on Wednesday, unfortunately, you will be returning to school to start a new grade. Endings and beginnings. When you arrived this evening, you started a conversation with someone that conversation ended, and you started a new conversation with someone else. Endings and beginnings are part of our daily life. Now, what if a caterpillar was scared at the end of being a caterpillar, of becoming a butterfly? What if it was scared of the prospect of flying? What happened if a little kangaroo, Joey, was scared to leave the mother's pouch at the end of being a little one? And what happened if you, at the end of a grade, were scared to go to school with the prospect of facing the next grade? How we deal with those endings and beginnings are very important as it forms part of our everyday life. And so 2019 has ended, and 2020 has begun. It is here. There is no turning back. And how are we dealing with that and the prospect of new beginnings and experiencing new things in the season that lies ahead for us? Now, in Scripture, in the Bible, there are many stories and teachings about new beginnings and endings, and how God tells us to respond to those beginnings and endings. And tonight I want us to look at one such story found in Deuteronomy. Now if you read Deuteronomy, I'm told, or I've, I've heard it said that it gives you a very clear perspective of who God is, and that God is a loving Father, And sometimes we make the mistake of looking at the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the Old Testament looks like a book of nasty uh, laws and wars, and the New Testament is this new book full of love, as if there were two different gods, with God somehow changed during the course of history. But God is as much to be loved in the Old Testament as He is to be feared in the New. Earlier on, we sang about how God is a God who never changes. He never changes. He always stays the same. So we're going to be reading Deuteronomy chapter 1, and we're going to be reading the first eight verses of Deuteronomy chapter 1. Actually, for us to get a good perspective of the story, we actually need to read Deuteronomy chapter 1, 2, and 3. But we won't wade through that. We'll read the first eight verses and then I'll try and summarize so that we can move through it quickly. This is what it says These are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan. That is, that is in the Arabah, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hadzeroth, and Dizaba. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh, Barnea, by the Mount Seir road. In the fortieth year, on the first day of the eleventh month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. This was after he had defeated Sihon, king of the Amorites, who who reigned in Heshbon. And at Edrei had defeated Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth. East of the Jordan, in the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound this law, saying, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon. As far as the great river, the Euphrates, see, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land. And the Lord swore that he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Now let's consider the big picture of what's happening here, and we'll, we'll try and summarize So in this story, Moses is standing in front of this crowd of Israelites. That's quite a good picture, I think. Um, Scholars believe that the number of Israelites that were about to step into the promised land ranged in about the number of 1.5 to 2.5 million people. So this wasn't just a small little crowd. This was in every sense of the word a nation of people. So Moses is standing in front of this this group of people and he's addressing them and he's giving them kind of a, a pep talk, a kind of a counseling session. And what he's doing is he's retelling them the story of how they got to be at the point where they were at. And so at this point in time, they had been wandering in the desert for 40 years And Moses is speaking to this generation of people. And the generation of people that he is speaking to, he is telling them to a large extent about what their parents and their grandparents had done. And it takes him chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Deuteronomy to do that. So this is what Moses is saying to these people. And we've read some of it here in those first few verses. So Moses reminds them, the people in front of them, That God had liberated them, the people of Israel, from slavery in Egypt. And God took them from this slavery, this place of slavery. And Moses led them out of Egypt. He brought them to Mount Horeb, which is also called Mount Sinai, which may be a name that we may be more familiar with. So he has brought them to this place called Mount Sinai. And it is at Mount Sinai where God gave them the Ten Commandments. And it was also at the foot of Mount Sinai that God made His covenant with them, where He said to them, I will be your God, and you will be my people, in Exodus 6 and verse 7. And then Moses reminds them of how God told them to move from this place at Mount Sinai and to go and take possession of the promised land. We read that in verse 8. And Moses then, he appointed leaders to help him lead all of those people. And then as Moses tells them that God says to them that they are to move into the promised land and to take possession of it, their response to him is, Whoa, brother, pump your brakes. And what they say to him is, let's rather send in 12 spies one representative from each one of the tribes to go in and scout out the land, and once they come back, we'll make a decision. The spies returned, as we can remember, and some of the spies said, it's a good land, it's a land of milk and honey. And then there were the other spies who said, no ways, there are giants in the land. And we look like grasshoppers in the eyes of those people. And so, As we know the story, God's people took the counsel of those who said, we cannot go in, we are fearful. And so God's people were fearful, despite the fact that God told them more than once that He would be with them, and that they shouldn't fear. And it ended up that God's people were so unhappy with this command to go into the promised land, That they actually started talking about stoning Moses and Aaron. They were that fearful. And then God steps in and God said about this generation of people in Numbers 14 and verse 23 He said, Not one of them will ever see the land I promised an oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. And so, because they were too scared to go into the promised land, They wandered in the desert for an entire generation. And so they couldn't go back to Egypt, and they were too scared to go forward into Canaan. And so they were stuck. They were a believing people, a people of faith, going nowhere. And so God, even while they were lost in the desert, moving around in the desert, God was providing for them, but nothing of his mission was going forward. And this is what happened a generation ago. As Moses is telling them, this is what your parents and your grandparents did to get us to this place. And so if your parents and your grandparents, Moses says to them effectively, if they had believed God... You would have been born in the promised land. You would have been born in Canaan. But fear took over. And so, Moses says to them effectively, You were born in the desert. And that is all that you've ever known. And Moses says to them in these chapters, And now God is calling you. It is your moment of opportunity. It is your moment of destiny. And so that's the story. That's what's happening here. It is about God's people facing a major transition. It is about endings and beginnings. Now what do we do with that? How does that speak to us today in 2020? The message of this book Deuteronomy is about what it takes for people with a faith to become people with a mission. The generation that had died in the desert were people who believed in God. They had experienced God in the miracle that He had led them out of captivity in Egypt. They had experienced God in Him providing for them manna. They had experienced God in Him providing for them water. But they acted in unbelief. And so here's a point to remember. Unbelief wastes time. It should have taken them 11 days to walk from Mount Sinai to the promised land. But the journey that should have taken 11 days took 40 years. Unbelief wastes time. And so we can ask ourselves this evening, on the cusp of moving into a new season, how many months or years of my life have been wasted in unbelief? God did so much for these people, yet they did so little for him. So much could have been done, yet so little was accomplished. And so the great question, I think, in the book of Deuteronomy is, how can the people of God, with the faith, become the people of God with a mission. How can you move from being a person with a faith to a person with a mission? And so how can we as a congregation, as a church, move from being a congregation, a church with faith, to a church on a mission? Now I want to suggest two things That must happen for us to realize that. And the first thing is this. You have to break free from being defined by your past. Think about that picture again. Those people standing out there on the verge of the Jordan. They had all been born in the desert. They didn't know anything else. Now imagine for yourself, for you younger guys it may be hard, but imagine you're in your thirties and you were born in the desert. Yes. (laughs) A tough one. And you have a young family of your own and your children were born in the desert too. And God has been good to you. He has provided manna for you every day and you've never known anything else. You believe in him, you're grateful for all that he has done for you, but your whole life has been shaped by the instincts and the choices of your parents. And your parents were believers, but your parents were so cautious, so afraid of risk, and that has become something that has defined you, even though you're a person of faith yourself. And the only faith you have ever experienced is a faith that leaves you wandering around, experiencing God's provision, but not doing anything to advance His purpose in the world. So you're a believer, but your life has no defining mission. And so some of you may be thinking here this evening, I think that's me. And so let me say to you that if your life is going to count for God in 2020 and the season that lies ahead, you are going to need to break free from being defined from your past. You need to be freed from thinking that believing in God and enjoying His provision is all that there is. There's more to it than that. Second point, you have to overcome your fear of the future. God was calling these people to do things that none of them had ever done before. This generation of people that Moses was talking to were unfamiliar for what they were being asked. Moses was effectively saying to them, you're going to live in houses. Now how do you live in a house? when the only thing you've ever known is sleeping in a tent. Moses was effectively saying to them, we're going to plant crops and we're going to raise harvests. But the only thing that you've ever known is gathering manna in the morning that had come from heaven. So God was leading them to a place that they had never been before and to a life That they had been unfamiliar with. And so, for some of you guys this evening, maybe you're going to a new school, maybe you're starting a new grade, maybe some of you guys are starting a new job, and maybe you're unemployed, and that brings fear. And maybe some of you are talking or thinking about getting married. And as we know, when you move into something that you have never experienced before, there's always fear. And so here's the challenge that God's people were facing. Can we break free from the past, or will the past always shape us? And can I overcome my fears for the future, or will these fears always hold me back? And so as we read, Moses gets up, he stands in front of these people, and he speaks these words to God's people. In this book of Deuteronomy, to a community of believers who were defined by their past and afraid to step into the future, they were people with a faith, but not on a mission. And so Moses spoke to them about the call of God, Because when God calls you, he gives you the power to break free from the defining patterns of the past. And Moses, as he was speaking to God's people, he was telling them about the love of God, because it is the love of God when it is poured into your soul that empowers you to overcome your fears of the future. Perfect fear costs. Perfect love casts out all fear. And so these people heard the call of God, experienced the love of God, and 70 days after this that we just read, 70 days later, they moved into the land of Canaan because they trusted in God and they put their faith in Him. And so this story, which is one of many in Scripture, has a lot to do with us. And so much to say to all of us who need to make a fresh start this year. Last point and then we'll close. Fast forward 1,300 years from this. Jesus had just been crucified. His disciples, his followers, are locked up in a room and what are they talking about? They aren't talking about mission. They aren't talking about running out and going to share the gospel with everyone. They aren't talking about going out and praying for the, for the sick. They aren't talking about running out and going and casting out demons. What are they talking about? They're talking about going back fishing. They're talking about going back to what was Comfortable for them. And then Jesus appears in the room. The risen Lord appears. And he breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. John chapter 20 verses 21 to 22. And when his followers received the love of Christ and the call of Christ, those men of faith, those men who were believers, became men on a mission. And so if you are asking yourself this evening, why should I bother to become a fully committed follower of Jesus? The answer is simple. Because He calls us. And He calls us to be more than just people with faith. He also calls us to be people on a mission. People with a faith become people with a mission when the love of Christ enables you to overcome fear. And the call of Christ breaks you free from being defined, by your past. And so maybe tonight, as you think about this story, as you consider endings and beginnings, I want to challenge you to put yourself in those shoes. And perhaps God's Holy Spirit is speaking to you tonight. Maybe He's speaking to you as a young person tonight call you into a new beginning. And maybe you are having this argument in your mind in the way that I had this argument in my mind some 30 years ago, where God is calling me to come and live in a house, but I preferred to be in the wilderness. So let me say to you this evening, if God is speaking to you tonight, do not harden your heart. And as the worship team comes up, I want to invite you, tonight could be your night. Tonight could be a night for a new beginning for you to step into a new season, a new way of being, a new way of being that takes you beyond just being someone who comes to church on a Sunday evening because it's the thing to do, Beyond just being someone who is considered a person of faith, but also being someone who's on a mission.